I'm Chad Rutherman's. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, where dreams come true. Today, we're going to be talking about Dragon's Lair, and Dragon's Lair 2, and also Space Ace, uh, which was developed by Advanced Microcomputer Systems, published by Cinematronics, and created by Don Bluth and Rick Dyer, was released in 1983 for arcades Mm -hmm. and saw a remastered collection on modern systems yes uh but first if you give us a like or a rating it'd be greatly appreciated uh well i had some things i wanted to start with but now i have to ask the question that i know is i know the answer to already is this the oldest game that we've talked about by like a lot (laughs) yes by like almost a decade like i know we've talked about doing like pac-man or Mm -hmm. something but we've never actually dipped that far back yeah it's interesting because if you're gonna talk about if you want to talk about a game that was released a really long time ago uh comparatively this is one of those things where when you go to an arcade game it doesn't look so different than it would have uh like, like if it was made more recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the selling points of this is just like that it looked like a animated movie, yeah, and not like a pixel <laughs> nightmare. Nightmare, yeah, <laughs> like a simplest, more simplistic visuals that you would have had in 1983. Yeah, I have to imagine that is uh, probably a lot of its success, and I think that we'll confirm that in our discussion. Oh yeah. But uh, I can imagine, like, being a kid, you go to an arcade and you see fucking asteroids with a triangle that shoots dots at bigger dots. Mm-hmm. And then you see fucking Don Bluth's, you see Five Goes West playing on one of the <laughs> other uh, computer systems. And you're like, well, shit. Oh, yeah. Like, we, we've gone to, um, the like, this um, arcade-themed bar before. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of retro arcade games. You know, I'd fucking be playing Dragon Slayer if they had it. You know, like, it's still, I think even today, like, next to other arcade games, it definitely stands out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially next to, like, it's it's contemporary. You're going to play you know? Joust, or are you going to play <laughs> this, like, Dragon Slayer? fanciful world of fantasy joy. You'd probably actually have a better time with Joust, but... <laughs> you almost certainly would. Because uh, as an adult, I can tell you exactly how many quarters Dragon's Lair would get from me. Mm-hmm. And it is one quarter. That's <laughs> <laughs> the number of quarters I would insert into this machine. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about the game. And I think that is a great place to start. Uh, this game was created by Don Bluth. Uh, and Rick Dyer, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Don Bluth is an animator. He, uh, as you informed me, maybe minutes ago at this point, worked uh-huh. for Disney. Yeah. So, I mean, not that shouldn't be that surprising if you know about like animation history. A lot of the talent um, back then came from Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he worked there for a while and then broke off to do his own thing um, around the 80s-ish um, yeah, and he made things like Land Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven, An American Tale, right. et cetera. The hits keep on coming. They do. Um, so yeah, yeah. And he, he, he had a little bit more of like a mature spin and that was kind of like his, his selling point. Yeah. It's interesting to look at those movies now and not a movies podcast, but when I 
go back to watch a Don Bluth movie, which doesn't happen often, but it did happen more often many years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would watch several of these movies like over and over again as a kid. It does. They do have, he has a style that's really apparent, um, both in the, in the movies and in this series of games. Uh, and it does, it feels like it's something that is made to be appreciated more as like an, an older, person and i think part of that has to do with the fact that don bluth himself is as old as the universe is he's getting up there yeah um i think pre-pandemic he i I think they did these collections and it made him think about dragon's lair again Mm -hmm. i know there were talks of him actually doing a dragon's lair movie (laughs) but i feel like it's probably going to have been quashed now yeah um but uh that would be pretty sweet but um yeah like he does have he has a very distinct style um, that we grew up with were like that age. Um, and yeah, yeah, they definitely like it, it does feel like they're a product of the time that came out in. Like older kids' media did have more of an edge to it, mm-hmm. and his movies are no exception. Like all of them had something that made you like a little bit uncomfortable as a child. Like even like Secret of Nim. Um, which I just rewatched recently. It's probably the most recent of his movies that I've seen. Has like this part where um, the main character, Miss Brisby, is like stuck in a bird cage, and she has to like, g- g- like uh, fight her way out of it by like reaching through the bars to unlock the thing. She like cuts herself. Like it's nothing like particularly like upsetting like necessarily but like it makes you uncomfortable like it's distressing yeah like it's it's showing like almost almost realistic bodily harm yeah and it's like almost like you're seeing something you shouldn't see like you kind of want to look the other way and be like uh yeah (laughs) so he could he definitely taps into that and i think yeah it's definitely a flavor you don't really get anymore Mm -hmm. and i i like the inclusion of that kind of a thing in the dragon slayer games you played for laughs um like every death and there will be mm. a number of them uh is <laughs> a comedic moment like it it's i feel like it has a dual purpose because it has the obvious purpose of showing the fail state like you didn't do this in the correct way therefore dirk is now a skeleton mm-hmm. but also, it kind of like it seems like many of them just seem to cast blame to the player, <laughs> where Dirk will look at you angrily <laughs> as yeah. he's ripped apart limb from limb. Yeah, it definitely feels tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like dying. Like they, it, it it's feels almost like, a, like dying. It's almost like dying. No, um, it's like a it's like a mix of things where it's like dying. It feels almost like the game at some points because like. There's a unique animation for each one. Yeah. Uh, so you almost want to see them all. Um, <laughs> Especially so, when it's not costing you money yeah, to do it. So, I mean, like, you could play it with that in mind. But, like, at the very least, it's, like, something to so- like cushion you dying as you get a, a unique scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is, it gets, so we played all three of the, the games. Mm-hmm. And on the port that we played, which is the Switch version, uh, it includes a watch the game feature mm, i should have done that yeah i, I meant to i went, didn't i went back and watched all the way through uh dragon's Lair 2 and space ace mm. uh but i didn't go back through i felt like i saw quite enough of dragon's Lair one uh <laughs> when i went through it the first time but uh it it shows each scene 
and then it just shows a montage of every death in a row, mm-hmm. uh, which in addition to being amusing, shows like just how fucking many of these there are. Like they're probably between five and ten unique animations each for each like part of the game, of which there are like six or seven of those. Mm-hmm. So you're talking like upper double digits of these like two second clips of Dirk just being eviscerated in some way (laughs) or sometimes just like hugged which was weird yeah they're like you lose Uh, okay yeah some of them have more bite than others (laughs) Mm -hmm. quite literally Mm -hmm. um but yeah no it's impressive the amount of like work that went into some of the details yeah and it's interesting to see a game like this that sprung forth almost entirely from animation uh, as opposed to being like a top-down, or it is like a top-down game as opposed to a bottom-up like mechanics first, what if we made an adventure game? Mm -hmm. They said, what if we had a cartoon that you could play? What do you do in that? And they settled on presumably limited by technology at the time. Yeah, Like... You pre- you choose what direction the character goes in. Yeah, and kind of unfortunately informed by arcade design at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, but I do, because it's like, it ended up as like a gotcha game where uh, you will die many, 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 many times um, by design. Yeah. Um, as I said, like dying is kind of feels like what the game is sometimes. <laughs> um, but I kind of applaud them, though, for like jumping on the train this early. Like, when did Super Mario Brothers come out? Around the same time? Yeah, a couple you know, years like, later. It, it, it's very, this is very early in the history of video games, and it feels so unique. Yeah, it, it feels like the kind of thing where somebody looks at the, uh, the industry and just says, like, what is possible here? Mm-hmm. And they came up with something that is, like you said, genuinely really unique. Uh, it isn't... Like, space shooters were popular because it was very... It made sense. It was mm-hmm. easy to do with the technology because you had... Easy to replicate. Yeah. Like, you got a black background. That's great. Don't need to waste pixels on animating stuff going by. Uh, and there were some more, like, advanced... Quote-unquote advanced, more analog-style games that featured, like, a painted background where the uh, pixels were displayed over top of it. Uh, but those don't, like hold up you couldn't even really play them now unless you had an actual machine or just like overlaid like reprogrammed the game essentially mm-hmm. uh and and this is one that actually functions and does what it's supposed to do when you when you play it now uh it's really it's a really cool idea uh but on that note uh, and I do, I feel like we should spend some more time talking about animation. We'll circle back we can, around. Yeah. yeah, like tie it in, because that is the big thing. Uh, do I recommend this game to people? No. <laughs> Don't ever play this game if your goal is to have a fun time. Uh, because you won't. And it isn't a good game. Uh, <laughs> and I just wanted to make sure that that was clear, at least my viewpoint, mm-hmm. going in. Uh, because mechanically, there's nothing to this game. And what they chose to implement is insanely harsh and unforgiving. 
And it feels a little dirty because I can just, like, imagine some guy with a big cigar being like, uh, how do we get the quarters out of those kids' pockets? <laughs> they only have .03 seconds to press the left button here. This macho man Randy Savage. <laughs> uh, I just got elected as a chief CEO of microcomputer systems. <laughs> I don't have a good That's what his man. horoscope told him to do. <laughs> yeah. Invest in software. Anyway, that's the guy I imagine uh-huh. deciding that the timing windows for these <laughs> of these quick time events is essentially what they are. Uh should be so unfathomably short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I guess if you're it, just to, to give the other side of the coin of your original <laughs> sure. statement, uh, if you're a big fan of animation or if you're the kind of person like me where all the details that aren't the mechanics carry a ton of weight for you, um, this might be worth a look. It is it is questionable, though. It's, it's riding that line. <laughs> yeah. um, like, if this was on sale, I think it would definitely be worth a look um, if you're interested in, in weird, unique games anyway. So lots of caveats. Yeah. But uh yeah, it it does feel like the the wind the margin for error is way too small in the first <laughs> game. Like there were certain parts where it felt reasonable and uh, like but then there were other parts where it just was like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like like the part where um where you're on the raft, you're going through the rapids felt like okay like it felt like i could react to the prompts on screen and he would do the things he was supposed to do but the part right before that you're on the horse Uh it felt like it would like flash up like go right and i'd hit right and be like (laughs) (laughs) hit the wall (laughs) like but the window like it just felt like all over the place like it felt inconsistent and that's the biggest sin against it in my opinion yeah i think the problem well, in addition to the inconsistency, I think it has two major issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm I'm just straight up forgiving <laughs> the fact that the entire game boils down to press a direction or a button mm-hmm. because it came out in 1983. Like, I'm not expecting it to be something on the level of a modern game. I, I only want something simple, and that's what they gave me, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. The problem... The other problem, in addition to the tight timing windows, is the fact that there are two ways to play the game in the remaster. And it is to either have a little thing on the bottom of the screen, like an overlay, that tells you what button to press. Or watch the animation for flashing yellow lights and interpret it in what direction you need to press or the button. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it, like some, some of the time that's easy to do. The sword flashes, you press sword button, you, the ceiling flashes, you press up. But a lot of the time it takes a little bit of thought. And if you have you to, have no time for that, zero time to think about anything. So to play it and get to the end of it, to see all of the animation that if you're interested in seeing, we would want you to look at the game to do uh you have to not look at any of it and keep your eyes glued on this little indicator or like you take it in and the game takes a million years to finish and you die with a controller in your hand going if only i could have learned to go (laughs) left right left up up a Mm -hmm. like (laughs) that's the the problem that i have with this game mechanically is that it is not 
a quick time event in the sense that quick time event quick time events are more fun than this because <laughs> it is just rote memorization. <laughs> you just have to remember the order of things and when to do them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this when we talked about Night Trap mm-hmm. um, from a couple years ago now. Um, Still holds up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a fun episode. Um, but uh, it. Yeah, you, if you want to actually play the game, if you want to interact with the mechanics, you have to kind of ignore the animation or the video in, in Night Trap's case. And it's it's kind of like oil and water. Like, mm-hmm. they don't really mix. Um, but I really... I feel like there's really something there, though, to the idea. I just don't think it's ever been done, um, to my knowledge, anyway. Right. Um, it, but yeah, especially... Like, it feels even more of a waste in this because like the because like you can really feel the craft in animation and you, you want to watch and appreciate it mm-hmm. um it, it's easier to like be okay with ignoring like the the parody b-movie footage <laughs> in night trap um but uh yeah it, it it is like a weird mix because yeah like i had to do the thing and i don't know if other people do this um but like where i have to basically like like tune out the animation and just focus on the the overlay like like literally like a camera like the overlay is in focus and everything else is blurry yeah um and yeah like that's not really the best (laughs) because like sometimes like what's going on on screen is really complicated and i think by design a lot of the time to try to distract you from like what's important because the game wants you to put more money in it (laughs) um and, and it actually seemed like kind of a um they added an extra problem to the game because the overlay flashes in yellow mm-hmm. and there are a few points where something yellow is right underneath of it on screen and you can't see what button you're supposed to push. Yeah. So that seemed like a, a faux pas. <laughs> a bit of a miss. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I want to just really very quickly go over this one point. No, oh, yeah, I said a bunch of things. Oh, no, that's fine, because it led into this thing that's <laughs> going to be very short, and then we can move on. Uh, we want to focus, I think, mostly on just talking about these games as mm. they exist. Um, but to briefly dive into the port of the game, the Dragon's Lair Trilogy, um, which is a stupid name, because it yeah, contains two it's games. not a trilogy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a, a spiritual successor, or brethren. Yeah, it's a you didn't watch like the three star wars movies and the the fucking christmas special and go it's kind of like a star wars quadrilogy yeah it's like no fuck you um i guess the word trilogy just tested well um but the uh you look at the at the port and you can tell that there's been no effort <laughs> or consideration put into putting this game onto a console at all uh, all of the menus just look like DVD menus, including playing like an annoying looping song in the background. Mm-hmm. And there's no, they didn't change the games in any way because including that weird thing where the the buttons flash in a color, the, there's a beep that you can thankfully turn off that makes, is like the oldest mechanical analog beep sound that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> And also the inclusion, just the the fact that there is a continue screen, mm. like why it doesn't make a difference. Like when you die and you are out of lives and you have to go to the continue screen versus when you die 
and you have lives, you go to the same place mm-hmm. when you die. So it doesn't seem to mean anything. It's because Don Bluth animated it. The- <laughs> and he wants it in the game, Chad. Well, he didn't animate the fucking continue screen because it's just a stock he, he image of it. Dirk looking. <laughs> he drew it, goddammit. <laughs> Every pencil stroke makes it in. Apparently. <laughs> but that's Spent that's Spent two all... weeks working on that. <laughs> that's all port stuff. We can ignore that and uh-huh. and go into the actual game. Because I, I, I complained a lot about playing the game. I will say that what it is good at is putting you into a white-knuckle frenzy <laughs> of pressing a single button and the directional pad. Yeah. Because I played the game through in one sitting, as you have to do. Like, mm-hmm. there's not really another option. No. Uh, and it takes, like, 35 minutes. It's very short. And once you go through an area a couple times and have it down, uh, like, to muscle memory, it is just, like... You fucking like you're like there's that fucking snake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know and, I get it the A button. Yeah, if you're anything like me though, the more times you do a sequence, the harder it makes it. <laughs> like the more likely I am to accidentally fuck up an input. You're like, like I'm trying ahead. to anticipate it, mm-hmm. and then I'm just like, Ugh! <laughs> and then like I hit the wrong button. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely have done that as well. I think Space Ace, which I played today, mm. maybe I was rusty because it's been a long time since I played the the first two. Yeah, uh, was the one that got me. It was like I got to the final sequence, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a, a weird bat fight with the enemy, <laughs> right? Uh, and I kept like getting two steps ahead, and I almost feel like there's some some kind of psychology. In, like, the placement of, like, the, the different... I know there can't possibly be. I think there is a little bit. Because, like, it, I think it has to do with, like, what's on what's happening on the screen. Like, the mm-hmm. movement of the characters and things. Like, make you... I think, like, subconsciously, like, make you think... Like, the movement's going right, so you're more likely to hit that. <laughs> right, but yeah. But then it's not always matching up. I guess that makes sense. Because my reasoning was going to be, like... You know that Don Bluth just, like made this mm-hmm. and sent it in and then they were like all right then we slap the yellow on this and there and ship it out put it mm. in an arcade cabinet I think there was more planning than that there probably was <laughs> i watched the interview and at no point did they say we planned this sure i'm not <laughs> not like we would do it today yeah but i'm sure there's more than none <laughs> uh but yeah like i'm, I'm imagining just being like, okay, nobody's going to... Ex- like, after you do two swords in a row, and then right on repeated plays of that sequence, I'm going to more be more likely to do one sword than right mm-hmm. Because those two just melded together in my head. Yeah, like... It's like when somebody does Simon Says, and they're like, uh, up, left, 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 down. And you're like, fuck, how many lefts was that? Yeah. <laughs> Like, there was one part where, yeah, they do stuff like that, and that's a really good example, where they do the same input over and over, so that when it switches, you might accidentally hit the input again. Mm -hmm. Because there was one part where you're, like, running from, like, some trolls or something. It's like a lava area or something, and, like, Uh the input is up for, like, every time. And then it's, like, right, and it's just, like, you're going to fuck that up the first time, and you're going to hit the up button. (laughs) It's so hard to memorize 
that many things in a row. Yeah, you know? and, and you had to memorize it more in the first one because, as we said, the windows are so tight. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think the windows in the second game are equally tight. Really? But the th- but in Space Ace, I thought they were more forgiving. Oh, see, Space Ace has a difficulty setting, which is mm. beautiful. Yeah, because when I, I played them all t- earlier today, like right in a row, and mm. like the the input window felt like a full football field in comparison <laughs> to the first game where it felt like a one room school building i don't know <laughs> something very small a bread box yes uh it felt like so much more like there were like multiple levels in dragon slayer 2 i did in one shot whereas there was nothing in <laughs> dragon slayer 1 i did in one shot i think i mostly got through space ace in yeah space ace as well i think space ace was my favorite of the three because it felt like it married uh the bigger timing windows of the second game with like more of like an actual narrative structure of the first. Yeah. Cause Dragon Slayer two just feels like, uh, what weird animation ideas, variety hour. Yeah. Did I have sitting around the game? That's such a good, let's do this. Okay. Because Dragon Slayer one is from a, a narrative animation standpoint is uh, uh, an act of beautiful simplicity. Mm-hmm. Knight goes to castle, encounters traps. It feels like a Dungeons & Dragons dungeon. Mm-hmm. Braves the castle to rescue the princess from the dragon. Exactly. It's beautiful. I love it. Dragon's Lair 2 is chaos. <laughs> yes. There's there's no time to breathe. Mechanically <laughs> or for Dirk, our, our intrepid hero. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Space Ace goes back to having a narrative, though it is more complicated. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, dialogue in it, and it's never really explained why your character has a button mm-hmm. on their wrist that turns them into a giant buff dude. And they I... don't just have it on all the time. Yeah. That's, I think that's really fun, though. Yeah. I feel like you just put on, like, a random episode of a TV show that mm-hmm. you've never seen before. Which is also a great way of putting this. Like, there's no, like, character through line that you kind of, like, get mm-hmm. when you're playing these games. It's more just, like, yeah, you expe- you don't know what is happening or why any of it's happening. But you can follow it beat by beat. And by the end, you feel like you've learned about this small part of this person's life. Mm-hmm. And to me, that makes sense for this kind of a game. And works well. And then Dragon's Lair 2, quote-unquote, time warp. Yeah, it's so weird because, like, it doesn't have, like, an opening, like, establishing scene. It just, like, cuts right in on, like, Dirk is sitting at the the, uh, breakfast table. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, a bunch of siblings who are dressed the same as him, which is kind of funny. But you can't appreciate that detail. Right, you you gotta dodge a fucking... The chaos. And, like, his his mom just starts, like, attacking him Uh for no reason. And then that somehow segues into the princess getting captured again. (laughs) And Christopher Lloyd plays, like, this evil wizard who, like, you then have to chase through all these fantasy realms. Like, one of them's, like, Alice in Wonderland. One of them's, like, Jack and the Beanstalk or something mm-hmm. with Cupid's. I don't know. Yeah. There's, like, a bunch of... It's just, like, a weird... Like, there's no through line other than, like, Princess got captured again, but, like, it, the most, like, ham-fisted, like, whatever kind of way. Yeah, like, the second game starts as you described. And, and it has no... um. 
high score or anything. Like, there's nothing, there's no, there's no bookends. It right. just kind of happens. Yep, and you just pass <laughs> right through it. What's interesting about Dragon Slayer 2 uh, is that, well, okay, the, first of all, the, your, the thing that your mom says at the... <laughs> Yeah, okay, all right. Clip that and then put whatever you want after it. Uh, but the thing that your mom says at the beginning of the game is, like, she's been kidnapped. So we're just starting from a point where you, where Daphne's been kidnapped and Dirk seems to be okay not doing anything about it. And then he's chased out of the house into the castle. I think the same castle. Mm-hmm. It has a moat with the same monster in it. Yeah. Uh, and then... Finds a time machine, and the game is called Time Warp. But each of the areas you go to are not time, time periods. periods. There is a dinosaur part, mm-hmm. and then there's the Alice Wonderland <laughs> part. The Jack and the Beanstalk thing is confusing. There's a sign on a wall that identifies it as Eden. Oh, yeah. I don't. Okay. I don't know. Because there's if, the snake with the apples. Yeah, it's, but it says poison fruit, which is not what the apple was. <laughs> That's like a Disney it's, thing. Yeah, it's the fruit of knowledge or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then you, there's like it, it. There are cupids, like not angels that look like like it's cupid. Uh-huh. And there's a death animation where if he shoots you, you get little heart pox <laughs> that come up all over you. It's so fucking out of nowhere, and none of it makes any sense, and it's so nonstop. Yeah, like, when I finished it, like, I didn't realize it was over. Like, it just cuts to a screen that's just, like, secret items? Right. Play again? (laughs) Question mark? It's like, what? Is that the end? Or is this, like, a... It was so abrupt and weird. Yeah, you like weirdly have an inventory in the pause screen of Dragon Slayer (laughs) 2. I think I saw some of them, but Mm. didn't know how to get them. I didn't notice them or get them. Okay, that's. I mean, that's fair. (laughs) Because who the fuck would? Yeah. uh, In that hectic fucking pile that that game is. Uh, But Space Ace is great. Um,. I didn't talk about this in the previous two games, but there's, like, a very old-timey sort of, like, uh, damsel in distress story through line through mm-hmm. all three of these. And in the first game, Daphne, the the damsel, mm-hmm. uh, is the only character with dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the only person who says anything. Though I do want to shout out whoever did Dirk's lines, in quotes, because they're hysterical. Because the only things that he ever does is just go like, whoa! Mm-hmm. But it's just delivered in a really funny way that cracks me up every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the third game, there's dialogue fucking all over it. And it is fantastic. In both of... It, well, mostly just a bad way. Uh-huh. In a bad way that makes me laugh really hard. Uh, I love Ace's dialogue because it's just Dexter, but he's got a real deep voice. And Dexter's voice is like, up here, oh god, jeez. <laughs> Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so you'll pop in and be like, energize. And then you die, and he's just like, far out. <laughs> it's just so confusing. I, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also a damsel in that game. Uh, and she has like marginally more agency in space. Yeah, she's like nice. actually a character. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, I I love I love Space Ace mostly for the dialogue. Yeah, no, it it does feel more like a realized version of the idea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's like humor though, like not just in the dialogue, but like in the animations too. Like one thing that stood out to me early in the in the first game, it's like you walk into a room and there's just like a potion, like obviously supposed to distract you, uh-huh. and that like just like bubbles. And then you just go right and leave the room. <laughs> like, nothing happens. Like, it's just there to fuck with you. Yep. Like, I think stuff like that's hysterical. You can, if you if you press up instead of right, uh-huh. you will drink the potion and it and just... just go kill you. Yeah, it, like, you, like, dissolve into a skeleton. I just, I just think that's really funny. Yeah. No, there's lots of stuff. The first game, the reason I mentioned the dialogue specifically in 3 as being the thing that really got to me Mm -hmm. uh in the first game the animation is the best in the series as far as i'm concerned Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that i agree it's all so good uh there's a lot of really creative like characters like little creatures and stuff uh who animate in like this very don bluthy sort of like slinky-esque way Mm -hmm. where characters just kind of like bound around it's it's very like Everything is very full motion. Nobody does anything that is subtle. It's always these big dramatic yeah. movements. Well, yeah, in in one way that like this is a lot better than something like Night Trap, and um, it had the the uh, luxury of this because it's animated. Is that like the the clips stitch together nice? Mm-hmm. Like there, you'll see the little hiccups sometimes when it cuts from thing to thing. Yeah, for the most part, you don't really notice it. Like it's all pretty seamless, which is like I think really well done because like, it's obviously waiting for you to like put the input to switch the clip mm-hmm. um and yeah it mostly goes over really well yeah and i think that probably leads into why the second game feels so hectic is because there just wasn't they couldn't reasonably have dirk stop and look at a doorway for a second because they've already established that like a herd of monster <laughs> yaks were chasing him through the fucking cretaceous period uh but it is, it's really impressive the way that, especially in the first game, everything sort of, like, ties together. Uh, are there any particular sections of these games that you wanted to cover? Oh, God, there's so many sections. There's a lot. Um, I, I remember thinking, when I got to the end of the first one, thinking that, like, oh, like, an extended level really is like not what shines with this like gameplay setup but you know it's fine because it's the final level like it it makes it feel more imposing and hard Mm -hmm. apparently they thought the exact opposite because (laughs) (laughs) fucking uh dragon's layer 2 is just like really long sequences that if you mess up you have to do it all over again yeah (laughs) uh so that made the second one more stressful but i kind of evened out because i thought it was easier to do but like that that stupid eden cupid jack and the beanstalk level really (laughs) tripped me up i did that one a bunch of times yeah yeah no that part is insanely hard um i would say it is the part with the snakes Mm -hmm. for some reason like there's something about the timing with that it was one of those parts we had to hit the a button a bunch and we had to hit something else fucking (laughs) you fuck it up and the snakes all talk the whole time, too, which is kind of distracting mm-hmm. in this sort of, like, zone. Uh, I wanted to, to shout out uh, a bit in the first game that I thought was really interesting. And I, to this 
point do not know if what I did made any difference to mm-hmm. the game. I know that there are multiple paths, at least in Space Ace, mm-hmm. potentially in the second one, but it seems unlikely. Uh, at, but in the first one, I know that there are. Um, there are these segments where you're on a rock that falls and stops briefly at different areas like an elevator. <laughs> and uh, you can jump off. And I assume that they just gave you multiple options to, like, give you multiple tries to get somewhere. But I think where you jump off actually does matter and in what you see next. Um, Probably the worst part about the first game is the fact that it will just repeat sections, but they'll just mirror it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a a game that really doesn't need padding, because the game is already hard enough without, Mm -hmm. like, having to go through even more. Yeah. but it was interesting to be able to, like, sort of strategize for, like, a second in one of these games. Yeah. Now, yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Um, and I, I do think, yeah, it does seem like it matters, but I don't know how much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think there's, like, a couple of options it can pull through. Like, I, I don't think, like, not picking the right floor can make the game last, like, a lot longer because you're not picking the right path or something. I just think it kind of randomizes from a pool of rooms in mirrored versions of those rooms, like what to show you next. Yeah. That would be my guess. It seems likely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I kind of like that though. Like it, it does. Like, I think you mentioned it earlier. does kind of make it like the first one has like a D and D feel like they feel like, like done, like individual like rooms in a dungeon as described to you by like, a dungeon master like you walk in but like on fast forward uh so you walk into a room uh the potion bubbles like what do you do <laughs> leave roll uh right, good know, choice. Yeah, roll a dexterity or whatever i'm totally uh, stealing the dark sorcerer with the with the tron floor yeah. for whatever we should we should run <laughs> dragon the slayer. dragon's lair dungeon just in order as a one shot that would be fun to do. That would be fun to try to come up with ways to represent all the things mm-hmm. that happen. Except we'd also have to do it in AD&D instead of 5th edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of combat in the first one. You don't use the sword a lot. No, not a ton. Which I liked. Yeah, I thought me it was too. cool thematically that Dirk mostly ran away. Mm-hmm. When you listen to the commentary, uh, they were like, we have this character, Dirk, who's like a knight, but he's kind of bumbling. And I was so we like, called him Dirk. So we called him Dirk. <laughs> Dirk's Dirk. Bentley. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know if bumbling is the word. I don't know. No, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. The way that he's animated sells it. Um, he's like a himbo. <laughs> not as much of a himbo as Ace is, though. No, definitely not. Uh, I love the fact that every time that you energize into Ace in that game mm-hmm. he has to like crack his knuckles <laughs> it like happens like four yeah. out of the five times very shazam <laughs> it's really good mm-hmm. uh do we have 24 frames per second thoughts um my fps thoughts are um this was really cool to actually take a look at um i've known about these for a while um be like I've I've always been like an animation nerd. Uh, um, I was a big Disney fan growing up, and all other animated films. Um, so I, as soon as I heard about these, I'd wanted to play them. But um, 
just had never, you know, gotten around to it as you do. Um, so yeah, it was really cool to finally play these. Um, they were a little bit shorter than I imagined, but I guess the length makes total sense. Like you wouldn't want this to go on very long. Um, but, uh, yeah, very cool. Like it looked beautiful. I'm yeah. Don Bluth does have a unique style that lends itself really well. Um, and it, it's cool. Like just to like, just give him a theme, like, uh, uh, like a knight saves a princess from a dragon in a castle, you know, something really simple and just see what he does with it. You know, cause he just does fantasy then space, you know, with dragon's Slayer and space ace. And like, mm-hmm. they both are like really awesome. <laughs> they just look really cool. Um, and which is like a simple concept. So I think there's something to that. Um, don't overthink your premise, I guess sometimes, but, um, yeah, look really cool. And I think I said similar things about night trap. Like I just, I feel like I I'd like to see someone do this idea now, like with like modern sensibilities and like, see if you can do something more with it. Like, I don't think you'd be able to do the exact same thing where it's just like watch a clip and like hit a button. (laughs) Um, but like, I just, I feel like there's a nugget. There's like, a, there's something in there that I, it feels like a really cool untapped, I don't know if it would be a full genre or something. I don't know. But like the, the simple thing would be like, just to apply like uh really good, like uh studio animation quality animation to like an adventure game or something. But I just feel like there's something more uh that can highlight the animation like these do and like still be a game yeah uh but that's for someone smarter and better at game design for me to figure <laughs> out uh so very cool unique like curiosity like if you have similar interests to me if you listen to this and feel like you identify with things i've said uh check it out if you know i got this is probably cheap this is a pretty niche product shockingly not cheap really okay it, I mean, it was like 30 dollars. Uh, i mean prestige <laughs> obviously the price is high um it's what, it's what that guy smoking a cigar in the business suit said. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Randy he, Savage. Yeah, Randy Savage said it's got to be $30. Sell it on that name. Um, but, no, I mean, I guess then if you can get it on sale, like, definitely check it out. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a big fan of things I've talked about, your animation, Don Bluth, uh, niche, arcade, weird, unique games, I would give it a shot. Like, I wasn't disappointed. I was thoroughly entertained for, you know, the two hours I played all three of these games. But, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Good time. Uh, I didn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Like like you were saying, though, I think an important thing to take away from this is, like, the... I'm not upset that this game exists. Like, I think that this is a really interesting concept, and I'm glad that somebody did it. Uh, and the thing that it produced is really interesting to look at. Um, the problem is that I feel like they sort of stapled the game on top of something that didn't need it to be there. Um, would this animation exist without the game? Probably not. So that is sort of a net positive. But it is it is not something I would recommend to somebody as a game, as a thing to play. I totally recommend it to people who are, like, interested in the history of games, hand-drawn animation. Like, if you are that kind of a person, I think absolutely check it out. Uh, But otherwise, this is one, like, maybe just watch, like, a YouTube playthrough of it because you're going to get more or less the same thing out of it, except with less frustration. 
uh, I don't know. It's cool though. <laughs> it is a cool thing, uh, and I'm, I'm I am glad to to have played it at this point. Uh, now that it's over and I don't have to play it again, mm-hmm. I can just it can live in my memory. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time we're going to be talking about PlayStation All Time Classic. Game Informer's 100th best game of all time, circa the year 2000. <laughs> Ape Escape. Uh, <laughs> uh, so join us for that. Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on Splattershot. Dot pro. There you can find links to our email address, our Twitter account, uh, the Discord where we talk about the games, and also where we accept suggestions uh, for other games to play. Uh, <laughs> you can go over to our YouTube channel, which hosts all of our old episodes. Uh, and after seven years, we're almost at 100 subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just like, why is it Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill? <laughs> just push it, yep. I'm surprised we didn't go there in fucking Dragon's Lair 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can listen to our old episodes, like uh, the one on Hades where Sisyphus is there. <laughs> uh, and it's not pushing the boulder, though. <laughs> no, it kind of just sits around. Um, or uh, Night Trap, which we mentioned yeah, before. Yeah, Night Trap's really the only thing. Yeah. Huh. Uh, there's this one game that we've not talked about called um, oh God, I'm gonna Space Jot- no called Jotun, uh, uh, yeah. which is all hand drawn animation, uh, and it it looks very much inspired by Don Bluth to me. If you want to go check that out, just yeah, just play, just check it's, out it's, that game. It's by the studio that made Spirit Fair, which is more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, check out Jotun because it looks very pretty, and I don't think that many people played it. <laughs> works for me maybe we'll talk about it in the future i'd like to let us know in the comments or on discord uh press press a to ring that bell but if you don't do it (laughs) quickly you will die Ah. (laughs) goodbye goodbye Also, did you notice that they, like, individually drew Daphne's nipples? It yep, was really I weird. I sure did. I was going to say this. Okay, hold on. All right, I was going to say this, but uh, I think you learn through playing these that Don Bluth is an ass man. Uh-huh. Because both Daphne and whatever the other girl's name is, like, butts are very accentuated and not so much their boobs. But they did do draw Daphne's nipples. Though. Yeah, which is very strange. Yeah. Now I don't know if you were clapping. Oh, so if you could cut that out if you wanted to. No, okay. I thought you were like, emphasis. Oh, yeah. Don Bluth Don loves Bluth the ass. Loves that ass. <laughs> All right. One clap for each cheek. <laughs> Shovel Knight slaps soft ass. This game claps cheeks. It's the theme for this month. It is. This is ass month. Clapped at medieval ass. <laughs>